Today, we're starting a new series. Uh, there's that awesome banner back there on the back wall. It's called He Said, She Said. Uh, it's going to be about five weeks long. And what we're going to do is, you know, there's just certain people in the Bible that don't seem to get talked about as much as others. I don't know, you know, maybe or maybe more in Bible study than on Sunday morning. So we're going to look at some of those folks because, you know, isn't it really interesting how God can use everybody in a powerful way? I mean, everybody, right, if we're willing to be used by Him. And so that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at some men and women that God used in powerful ways, but we really may not have thought much about them or even maybe know much about them. But the fact is that all those people are a lot like us, that when we allow God to work through us, He can do incredible things if we'll just let Him. So that's going to be what we're going to do the next few weeks. We're going to start this morning, and we're going to talk about Joshua. And we're going to talk about Joshua kind of in the, in the vein of living in step with God. Living in step with God. Now, so I've got a question for you that's going to sound like I'm going a completely different direction, but you'll see where it's going here in just a second. Okay? Um, so first of all, would we all agree that God gives us some second chances? Would anybody admit that somewhere in life God gave them a second chance? Yeah, like maybe in a third, in a fourth, maybe 17th, 18th, you know, okay. Yeah, okay, so now we'll, we'll all agree that God does that. So kind of here's the question, okay. Uh, why were they necessary? And by the way, for our first-time guests, we love having you here. And this is a church where we talk, okay. So, I mean, you trust me, some... Somebody's going to start talking in a second, but I just want you to know, we ask questions and it's okay to talk, all right? So why is it necessary for God to give us some second chances? To give us a chance to get better, okay? That's the reason. Why else did God give us second chances? Because we first sinned, okay? Why else? Say again. Because we're some thick-headed people. I mean, I, hey, you know, so maybe what we'd, we'd say is, because we, we missed it. Yeah. Right? What else? Why, see? So, we so we won't make the same mistake twice. Yeah, Eric. Because God shows his glory and grace by giving us Yeah, because he just shows how much he loves us, doesn't he? By giving the grace and glory. And so, I mean, we can see all these things. I think we've said it, right? I mean, he, I think he gives us second chances because... The first time we squandered it, right? The first time, maybe, maybe the first time we weren't actually prepared. Maybe, maybe the first time there was sin in our lives that prevented us from walking, walking into that thing that he opened up for us. Uh, the fact is that we need second chances. We need second chances. And, and if you kind of think of it now in terms of this morning, I would say that the reason we need second chances is because often our lives are out of step with God. They're out of step with Him. The Israelites weren't any different. Uh, They needed a second chance to enter the promised land, didn't they? Yeah, 40 years earlier, before what we're going to talk about today, remember what had happened. The spies went in, 12 of them. Ten of them came back and said, oh, it's terrible in there, those giants, and it's, you know, we're all going to die. Two guys gave a good report. But what happened? The Israelites chose to believe what they had seen instead of the promise God had made. And as a result, they refused to enter the promised land. 
Result, that generation died in the wilderness. They never entered the promised land, but now it's 40 years later, and God was about to give a second chance, a chance for the next generation to have that opportunity. But here's the thing. It's 40 years later. Things have changed. It's going to be different. Entering the promised land is not going to be the same deal that it would have been 40 years ago because a lot is, a lot is different than, than back then. So as a result, the person that's going to be called by God to lead them in is going to be somebody different now than it was back 40 years ago. They're going to need a different person for this new season, for these new challenges. And Joshua, who we're going to talk about this morning, is that person. Does God ever waste time? Everything he does, right, has got a purpose. There's a reason. So those 40 years they spent in the desert after they first refused, okay, to some degree, I mean, that was punishment, right? They refused. God said, this generation who's refused my, my offering will never enter the promised land. So, I mean, they, you know, God forgives us in our lives if we ask him to. But there's consequences sometimes, too. And so those people never got to enter the promised land. But, but now, it wasn't just that, but now what happened is God uses those next 40 years to prepare the new person so that they're ready when God calls, when he touches Joshua, when he taps him for the job. All right, no, so Joshua, now we're going to find out. What do you know about Joshua? What are some things we know about Joshua? He was Moses' apprentice. It was Moses' aide, depending on the translation. Yeah, he was Moses' aide. What else do we know? Okay, similar meaning to Jesus. What else do we know about him? Just any fact you know about uh, Joshua. He was, of, he was one of those 12 spies 40 years earlier, and along with Caleb, he and Caleb, they were the two who said, we can do this, right? We can do this. We should go. What else do we know about him? Anything? Boy, that's right. Yes, we do. We know that we know that out here in the future, we, we know that Joshua must have made it across the river, right? Because otherwise we wouldn't have had that song. No, but we know that about him. Uh, I, I, I thought one other thing. I was just trying to think, what do I know about him? Well, uh, in the Bible, it tells us he was the son of Nun. Okay. Not a nun, but a guy named Nun. Okay. Uh, and, and what else we can know is that at, at this point in time where the book of Joshua picks up, Joshua is about 80 years old. Okay. And, and I think that's significant, not only for some of us who are, you know, uh, not 80, but can see to 80 <laughs> now. Okay. No, here's the point. When you're open to be used by God, you never retire from that. You never get too old. If, if, if you're alive, that means there's still a purpose that God has for you. You're, no one is here by accident, by mistake. There's no, nobody, Psalm 139 says that every day of our life was ordained by God before one of them came to be. So there is nobody here alive on earth that's one, here by mistake. 
If you were born, I don't care the circumstances, God's got a plan for you. Okay? But so you're here for a purpose, and if you're still alive, it means that God has still got things for you to do. Because otherwise, he'd bring you home. I mean, if you're done, he'd go, well, come on home because it's good. But if so, you think about that. So Joshua, even though he's 80 years old, Joshua didn't go, well, it's time to kick back. I'm going to move, you know, to the south, to the coast. You know, I'm going to. So, no, Joshua's still been growing and maturing and preparing because God's got stuff for him to do. And so what we know about Joshua, the other thing, is at the end of Moses' life, because he was Moses' aide, and he was with Moses all those years. Think of the mentoring that he had for Moses. Think of the, the things he learned by walking with Moses all those years. So it tells us, though, at the end of Moses' life, in Numbers 27, verses 18 to 20, uh, so God tells Moses, he says, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hands on him. Have him stand before Eliezer the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority so the whole community will obey him. And shortly after that, Moses dies. Now, with all that in mind, let's read today's scripture. So we're going to read Joshua 1, and is 18 verses. So we're going to read through that. So I'm going to be reading from the NIV. So it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. So be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready three days from now. You will cross the Jordan here and go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is going to give you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said... The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives and children and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord uh, gives them rest as he has done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land, the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, 
Whatever you've commanded, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will fully obey you. Only may the Lord be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. All right, just a real quick review of what we read. Okay. So it begins with the calling of Joshua. God confirms that Moses is dead. And he's to take the people over the Jordan. We said before, Joshua had been one of the 12 spies. And now it's 40 years later. And he's ready to give him the challenge to take them across the Jordan into the promised land. But a lot's changed. The, gener the generation of the Israelites that had left Egypt and had refused to enter 40 years ago, they've all died. And now it's their children that are the adults. These are the folks that are going to be leading the way and, and going across the Jordan. The only two people who remain are Joshua and Caleb, the two spies who gave the favorable report, who trusted God. But it's also the fact that things have changed inside the promised land that they've got to conquer. The people who live there have grown and become more numerous. They've become stronger. And they've gone, they've had another 40 years to go even deeper into the pagan religions that they followed. So it was a different battle that would be fought. It was different challenges that would be met. So as a result, the type of person that's going to be required to conquer the land has also changed. It's going to require a guy with military skills. It's going to require someone willing to fight, someone who can give commands and expect them to be followed. So the next few verses and we'll talk about it more later, verses 5 to 9. God gives Joshua some promises. And we'll be talking about those in more detail here in just a couple minutes. But a number of promises that are meant to encourage him and embolden him. And then in verse 10, he tells them to get ready to cross the Jordan. And then Joshua reminds the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh that the promised land for them was the land that Moses had given them on the east side of the Jordan before they crossed. But that, but that part of the deal in them getting this was that, that their fighting men would still go with the rest of their brothers and sisters across the Jordan and help them conquer the, the, their land as well. And then they could go back home. And those folks reaffirmed their commitment and told them, yep, we're going to do that. We're going to do all that, uh, that is asked of us, and we agree. Okay. Now, so that's kind of our story. That's what's happened. And if we were to read ahead, and, and, our, and our new, and our new uh, friend in the back there today said, said one of the things to know about Joshua is Joshua fit the Battle of Jericho, right? We know the song that there was a battle that was fought out, you know, in the future, and they won it, right? He fit the battle. Okay, so actually that makes my great, a great point here for me because if we were to read ahead right now, on into the future, we, we know Joshua had success. Right? We, we know that they got over the Jordan, and we know that at least in the first town they got to, which was Jericho, they won. Okay, so knowing that, why did things work out for Joshua? Why was Joshua successful? He obeyed the Lord. He obeyed the Lord. Anybody, any other thoughts? He had faith in God. Well, he, sought the Lord. he sought the Lord. 
Yeah. Okay, you know, it kind of in line with what we're talking about today. Um, think about it. He was Moses' aide for all those years, right? He was in the temple. You know, it talks about even sometimes when Moses would leave the tabernacle, Joshua would stay there, okay? I mean, Joshua had done everything he could to prepare himself, right? He had, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like he'd gone to school. He had studied. He had done his homework, right? You know, I mean, he had done the things. What he could do, he had done. But he also chose to walk in step, to live in step with God. Joshua didn't run ahead of God. He didn't try to make stuff happen on his own. But at the same time, when God spoke, he didn't hesitate to obey. So what about us? What about our lives? Scripture tells us in Ephesians, I think it is, that before God created the world, he created stuff for us to do. By the way, you may have noticed in life some of those things he created for us to do aren't so easy. Some of them aren't so easy. Some of them are really hard. Some of them are really hard. So if we want to be successful in accomplishing what God has created for us to do, what he's calling us to do, then you know, if we want to be like Joshua and live in step with God, what do we need to do? How do we do that? Well, I'd suggest that the first thing we need to do is, just like Joshua, we need to wait on God's timing. Joshua was Moses' aide. They spent a lot of time together, and yet they were quite different people. You know, just, I, was, I was reading a little bit about Moses and reading a little bit about Joshua, okay? And you know, if you th- I didn't, there's a lot of different things you could write and say, but I'll just give you one that really struck me as a difference, okay? So you think about it. Moses was kind of this patient shepherd, who kept intervening for the people with God, you know, and shepherding the people and getting them through the, the, the desert, okay? And when the people, this was the thing that struck me about the two differences. When the people told uh, Moses that they were hungry and they needed water, Moses, right, hit a rock and he provided them water. Joshua, on the other hand, is this tough-minded military-style commander And when the people told him they were thirsty, does anybody know what Joshua told them? Go dig your own well. (laughs) Well, think about it. Very, two very effective leaders, but two very different styled people. Points this. God did not expect Joshua to be like Moses. That's a big deal. In fact, if he had been like Moses, it wouldn't have worked because the needs were different. Joshua had a different calling for a different time. I'm encouraged to understand that God raises up people, you and me, that uniquely fit the issues and the time and the challenges of the moment. And in that same way, for you and me, God does not expect you or me to be like someone else. God has uniquely called and equipped you, uniquely called and equipped you to accomplish the things that he puts before you. The key is we gotta walk in step, we gotta keep in step with him. 
Galatians 5.25 tells us, it says that since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Let's walk with the Spirit. So the first thing we want to do is if we want to live in step with the Spirit, is we want to wait on God's timing. Next thing we want to do is listen when God speaks. Now i got a question for you. I think we'd all agree if I asked, does God ever speak to you? So could, would we agree in some form or fashion? Okay, yeah, okay. Just, just a couple of examples, if, you, if you're willing. How does God speak to you? I mean, I would love it if the clouds had opened and he would just, you know, say, Steve, you know. I would love that. It would be, it would be really clear. <laughs> okay, even I would get that. But how does God speak to you, anybody? Eric? Um, pardon me? The Bible, through his word. How else does he speak to you? I've heard it from strangers. So, sometimes he uses a godly counsel, right? Someone to speak truth into our lives. It's the right thing at just the right moment. And I mean, and okay, and here's, and I'm not trying to put you on spot. So tell me, brush me away if you don't want. But how do you know that that word is true and for you and from God? Usually it's, it's speaking what's been on my heart and mind. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's very often, it's very seldom that when someone comes up to you like that you don't know well and gives you and says, I think I have a word from God for you, I think it's a pretty rare thing that it's like an out of the blue thought that you've never thought of. Usually God uses that as confirmation for something that he's already been, been working with you on. And it's, and it's like this validation because how would they know? They don't know you. So that's why it's so strong. Okay, so, so through, through the words of other people from godly counsel, and you know because it resonates in your spirit. Anybody else? Any other way God speaks to you? Yeah, sometimes God, just all of a sudden, there's a, it's, it's not an audible voice, but it's like he's speaking into, into your mind, into your spirit, right? And you just know it's God. Again, because it, 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 it has the ring of truth that resonates within you, and usually it's, it's leading you. Well, first of all, it will always be consistent with God's word, right? If you ever think that something someone tells you or some thought that comes into your mind, if you can't, if you can't like line it up with the word of God, that's not God. That's not God, right? Okay, so... You know, John 10, 27 says that my sheep hear my voice and they, that they know it's me. They, they move, they follow me because they, they, my sheep know my voice. And so for us who know and follow G, or followers of Jesus, we, we know when he speaks to us because it, it just resonates within our spirit. It has that, that, that ring of truth that nothing else does. So God speaks in different ways and different times and he communicates on us. It's gonna, be, it's gonna vary depending on the person and the need and the situation or even the task God's assigned us to do. But the point is, God's never going to leave us clueless. He he's never leaves us clueless. He never, he never sets a big task in front of you and then just kind of sits back and says, good luck. How about you? But I'm thankful for that. Because like I said, some of the stuff God sets in front of us to do is not easy. Some of it's difficult. Some of it has some risk involved in it. And so getting it right becomes pretty important. But we serve a God who, if he gives us the call, he also gives us the ability. He, he speaks to us. He leads us. He guides us. Amen. And he's willing to confirm it. I mean, I just, I just, so it got me to thinking about this as I was looking at this. I was thinking, you know, well, like, think about all the ways God speaks to us. I mean, thinks about sometimes, I mean, and God speaks to us in different ways at different moments of our life, depending on where we are and what our needs are. Is that fair? 
Yeah, I mean, have you ever been lonely? Anybody ever been lonely? Boy, I, I mean, you know, really, okay, some of, us, some of us have been profoundly lonely at some points in our lives, okay, if we're not right now, okay? But in Matthew 28, 20, God says, I'm with you always. You're never alone. If some of us can get pretty worn out, life can be pretty hard sometimes, and it can feel kind of weary, and when it gets weary, everything gets heavy, right? Anybody? Yeah, I know we all know. You know what I mean? It can get heavy. It just feels like di difficulties that would not otherwise feel so difficult. I guess you're not supposed to use the same word to define a word, but, you know, <laughs> difficult things, difficulties would not seem so hard sometimes if we weren't so weary to begin with. Okay? When we're feeling like that, man, God speaks right to it in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He says, come unto me. All you who are weary and I will give you rest. Sometimes our job is not going to back off. Sometimes life's pressures are not going to back off. And you know what? There is not enough sleep in the world to make up for that pressure. The only way you get relief is just to go to God. To go to God and say, God, I don't even know how you'll do it, but I'm, I'm weary. I'm worn out. I need rest. And I promise you, He'll do it. I promise you, he'll do it. Well, I don't know about, you know, you guys. I've never been confused. <laughs> no, no. no, I mean, look, we've all been confused, right? We've all faced situations. We had choices to make. We've had decisions to make, and we don't know what to do. So people, when we don't know what to do, God says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I am so thankful, I serve a God, that when I don't know what to do, I'm not just left flailing in the dark. I'm so thankful I can trust a God who says, just lean on me. Lean on me. Trust in me. I'll acknowledge and guide your ways and make them straight. So Joshua needed a word from God now. This is, so what is God going to tell Joshua? Well, if God tells us things that we need to hear when we need to hear them, it's pretty logical to assume that whatever God's going to tell Joshua right now at this point in time is because Joshua needs to hear it. Okay, so now we're going to go back to those verses I kind of glossed over a little while ago and said we'd get back to them, okay? It was all the promises and, and statements that God made to Joshua. And here they are. In verse 5... Joshua, uh, God tells Joshua, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Wow. Okay, I'd like some of that. Okay, then he says, just like I was Moses, so I'll be with you. It's a pretty big statement, because Joshua had known Moses. I mean, remember, Joshua is now 80 years old. Okay, Joshua's known Moses basically all his life. For the most part, well, for 40 years, for 40 years, for sure. Okay, he's known him a long time. And, and, and Joshua has seen Moses, and he's seen how God was with Moses. So when God says, Joshua, I'll be with you just like I was with Moses, he knows what that means. Wasn't Moses 80 years when he started? Moses was, when, when Moses led him out of Egypt, he's 80 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and he died at 120. So there's your... Okay, there's your 40 years. Okay, and then he says in verse 5, I will never leave you 
or forsake you. Then, now remember what he said, uh, okay, in verse 6 now he says, be strong and courageous. In verse 7 he says, be strong and very courageous. And then down in verse 9, just to get in, make sure Joshua heard it, he says, be strong and courageous. Why do you think God told him to be strong and courageous so many times? Because he was going to need to be strong and courageous. There was going to be a temptation to give in to fear. Because what else did he know? He knew the people were stubborn and you might want to give up. Be strong and courageous. But what else did he know across, about what was going to go on across the Jordan? There were big guys across there because Joshua had heard that from the other 10, 40 years ago. He knows there's big, there's giants in the land, you know, what those guys said. No, look, he, he also told him in verse 7, he said, be careful to obey all the law Moses gave you. Don't depart from him that you may be successful. And then in verse 8, he told him to meditate on the word of God. Look, so God knows that although Joshua has done all he can to prepare himself up till now, and now God is calling him, he's, he's appointing him, he's the man for the hour. What he also knows is that we still need, as we walk it out, to walk it out in step with God. And so he's telling him, Joshua, you're going to see a lot of stuff over the next days, weeks, and months, right? And some of it's going to look scary. Some of it's going to look intimidating. Some of it's going to make you want to quit. Some of it's going to come from your own people who are going to get worried and start backpedaling and wondering if they did the right thing. Joshua, remember, I am with you. So what does that mean? When God says, I'm with you, that means that he's going to speak to you. He's going to give you the directions. He's like, it's like if we need to get somewhere downtown, God's going to download the directions to you how to get there, not to somebody else. He's going to speak to you. Okay, so J Joshua, feel confident because the things I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to give you the guidance. I'm going to tell you what to do. So Joshua, no matter what you see, remember what I said. Be strong and courageous because I will be with you. It'll help Joshua to not forget if you meditate on the word of God and remember that no matter what you see, do not be terrified or discouraged. Joshua needed to hear these things because the enemy never likes it when God uh, gives you a task. The enemy likes to make you feel inadequate to, to accomplish the task. He likes to throw up barriers to make you think you can't accomplish the task. We got to remember, just like Joshua, that when God gives us the task and gives us the assignment, we need to be bold and courageous. We need to be very strong and courageous. And we'll get our strength as we meditate on the word of the Lord and remember the promises that he's given us. Joshua listened to everything God had to say. Joshua was a guy who understood that battles weren't won by human power, but by divine power. But he also understood that if God said it, it was because he's going to need it. And he did. So if we want to live in step with God, the second thing we got to do is listen. Listen when God speaks. He's speaking for a purpose. So we need to listen. Finally, we need to move when God directs. Okay. My last question for the day. 
Have, uh, have any of you ever tried to like uh, help God out and, you know, like do something ahead of God's timing? Like, like kind of turn the crank, get things going? Because, you know, I'm sure, if, I'm sure God's just waiting for me to move. If I just start out, you know, he'll back me up. Did it work? No. Any of us that have ever done that, and I won't ask for a show of hands because none of us will be, none of us will be proud of that to say. But I think a number of us have, at some point in our lives, uh, felt so strongly about something that surely God must want to have happen, but it hasn't started yet. That we just thought, well, it must be up to me. Must be, must be my burden to carry, my load to bear. I better go out and start things rolling. And I think most of us would uh, say, you know, I won't ask for testimonies about how did that work out, because uh, I think we all know it, it, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. When God says move, when we move when he directs, that means that it's God's timing. That means that resources that were not available earlier become available. That means that people you need to help who were not available or not interested previously are all of a sudden coming alongside you. That means that doors that would not open all of a sudden swing open so hard they make a sound. Have you ever noticed that? When God says move, and you, and you know it, because he either speaks it into your spirit, or you get it however you get it, but you know it's God. I, I had a friend, I, in fact, I've adopted this phrase because I like it, because I heard it from somebody, and it just, you know, I, it, it kind of doesn't, I don't know if it's a real phrase, but boy, does it resonate with me. Sometimes you just know it in your knower. I don't know where my knower is, but when it's working, I feel it. No, do you, you know what I mean? There are times that, that God speaks and tells you to do something, and he says, and whatever it is for you, but he says, now. And you know it so profoundly, you would be willing to risk your life to do it. I mean, you know it that profoundly. You, you, you would be willing to do anything because you know it's now. Okay? When we know it like that... Moses had sent the 12 spies out. Ten of them gave the bad report. Joshua and Caleb give a good report. But the people refused to enter the promised land. Remember what they even did? In fact, the people not only refused to enter the promised land, they started talking about stoning Moses and going back to Egypt. Okay? Now, God forgave them, but there were the consequences. They didn't get to enter the promised land. But, but now, now, it's God's timing. It's 40 years later. And now God says, it's time to cross the Jordan. Get the people ready. Get the people ready. So, look, if we want to live in step with God, we want to operate under his blessing and his protection and his provision, then we wait until God says move. But then we move without delay. Joshua didn't call for a council meeting. Joshua didn't call for a vote or take a poll of the people to see what they thought. When God said, now, get the people ready, 
immediately went and put, the, put things in motion to get them ready to go. And if we want to walk in step with God, live in step with him, we need to be ready to move when God says move as well. Would you guys stand? Let's get ready to close. I, uh, I'm going to state the obvious. God does not force us to live a victorious Christian life. He doesn't force you to do it. He makes it available, but he doesn't force you. What he does do is he teaches us, he provides us with guiding principles through his word and prayer and godly counsel, sometimes in dreams and visions, other methods. God speaks to us in ways that, like we've said today, it resonates within our spirit. Or you know it in your knower. You know it's from God. So if we'll wait on his timing and we'll listen when he speaks and we'll move when he directs, our lives can be walked out and lived in step with God. We'll we'll experience more victories. We'll experience greater success in, in, in the things that God has called us to do. So... If you want to just take a moment, bow your heads and close your eyes and just spend a second with God. And maybe you just want to ask God, God, have I been out of step with you on some stuff? Are there some things I've been running ahead? Or or Lord, are there things you've said move and I've been resisting? Or maybe I missed it. God, just ask God to show you if there's anything where you've been out of step with God. If you feel like God's shown you anything, I don't want to know what it is, but if you just feel like God has illuminated, highlighted something in your life where you'd say, yep, yep, and you'd say, yeah, I think I'm out of step with God in at least one area of my life. Just just raise your hand. Slip it up. Okay, hands down. Just for everybody to feel good, lots of hands went up. Today, you want to commit yourself to listening to God and moving in step with him let's just pray Lord today God I want to I want to thank you that your word is clear that father if you call me to do something you'll equip me you'll go before me you'll guide me so Lord today I just want to make a commitment father and I want to reaffirm my desire to live my life in step with you God, I want to wait till you say, I want to wait on you to move. I want, Lord, I want to listen when you speak. And God, when you say go, I commit to moving without delay. Lord, I just pray that for each of us, Lord, that you would give us wisdom and strength and, Lord, the joy of living our lives, walking in step with you. And I said in Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.